Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Hello and welcome to a new episode of It's a Groom's Life. Today I have with me Daisy Smith, who is um, a coach, riding coach, mindset coach, and obviously we're going to talk loads about it. So hi Daisy, how are you doing today? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Very welcome. So, Daisy, would you mind if um, people who don't know you, would you mind telling us um, more about you? um, What do you do and how you help people? Yeah, so I started a blog about six or seven years ago now called How Very Horsey, just talking um, about my riding and my confidence issues. Um, And then I started to actually work coaching people and developed from there. And I now coach mindset and confidence to various riders, happy hackers up to quite serious competition riders. I think confidence is one of those issues that people don't speak about always. Um, So by speaking about my own journey, it kind of opened up a conversation with a lot of people. Um, So I'm really delighted that it's kind of developed and I'm now able to help people through any kind of mindset or confidence issues they're having as well yeah I mean I can speak from my personal experience I definitely have like a confidence issue I think it's definitely got better um but I had a riding accident about three and a half years ago um and it, I was sort of having a battle with myself because in my head sorry if you can hear the dog in the background in my <laughs> head I was like I can do this I can do this I can do this but there was also like a subconscious part of me it was like no but do you remember what happened last time when you like and then like had a, an accident and stuff um and it's something I've been sort of battling with it's like would you mind people trying to listen? um and uh but like now I feel like I'm definitely getting better but it, it took a long time for me to try and just get over that it's really hard it absolutely does and it absolutely will and I think you know if you'd had a car crash and then you said I'm quite nervous to get back in my car no one would question that but it's kind of expected of riders that like we fall off and that's part of it and you just get back on and get going. And it's like, no, actually, sometimes you need to talk through it. Sometimes you need to change a process you're doing. Sometimes you have to put some new techniques in. Sometimes actually just owning it and saying that happened. This is why I'm going to do X, Y and Z to change the pattern now and I'm going to move forward completely can be an it's an intelligent approach to it rather than Mm. just going you're a horse rider get back on Mm. it's like we're we're beyond that now there's more that can be done and sometimes a conversation with someone and some coaching to take you through it can mean the difference between three years battle and three months battle so so yeah there's absolutely things it's a very common common issue that people just are expected to get on with it yeah yeah I think so and like you say um us horsey people are quite tough um and we just kind of have the keep calm, carry on type attitude, which, like you say, I think is changing a lot now. Um, I think, you know, we are sort of accepting that we do need to work on ourselves a little bit more and we need to rest a little bit more and not to be, you know, running around 100 miles an hour and, and uh, be on the go all the time and take care of ourselves a little bit more, like physically and mentally, I think, <clears throat> which is a great yeah. conversation to have. It's a It's a really positive development. I think any kind of work like that yeah horse riding people are tough but it doesn't mean they don't need support it doesn't mean they don't need rest it doesn't mean that 
grooms shouldn't have breaks at work. It's, you know, there's so much to it. It's such a bigger picture. And actually having competitive riders talk about their confidence, you know, having, having lots, you know, professional show jumpers say that they get nervous. That's brilliant because it opens a conversation. It makes it more approachable. And, you know, just because you have nerves doesn't mean you can't compete, you know? So, Mm. and it's, any kind of conversation that opens it up and, and acceptance and, and talking about, you know, people talk about mental health in the horse world now, like shocking. Yeah. <laughs> We're finally there that actually, yeah, horse riders can have bad days too. And it can be quite isolating and, and some, you know, and lockdown has been quite tough for a lot of people. Let's talk about this. Um, so there's definitely progress from, from kind of 10 years ago for sure. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And um and so with your clients that come to you, do they, is there quite a common thread or is everyone completely different? Or do you find there is a like a, an incident that's happened or is it something where when people get slightly older, they become less confident than when they were they're younger or is it all completely different? There's definitely a big variety. There's common themes for sure. People um, that are going through the what ifs. Um, that their brain seems to be full of what ifs that's quite a common some people just thinking you know I'm not good enough my horse deserves better and a general kind of self-esteem factors coming in are quite common Um, but I always categorize I call it striver lifer faller are my three (laughs) categories the faller obviously I've fallen off I've hurt myself or I've had a near miss or I've seen someone fall off or some kind of incident like that striver is I've got a new horse or I'm going up a level, or I'm just challenging myself some, you know, out of my comfort zone a little bit. And lifer is the often forgotten category, which is actually stuff just going on at home, or I've just gone through a difficult period of my life, and it's kind of gone into my horse riding. And quite often, that's the side that is forgotten or not considered. That it's like my confidence is low. I don't know why. And then you find out that the person's mum has got cancer, and she's just. It's like do you think maybe that that is meaning you're wanting to be in your comfort zone right now? You know, you're, you're needing a bit more support right now. Um, so they tend to be uh, the kind of three categories people come in. Sometimes it's a combination of all three um, for sure. But, but there are common themes in confidence um, and why people come. Yeah, I can, I can imagine that um, um, sometimes I can imagine with horse riders it's not necessarily the actual horse riding that's the problem it's like an outside influence or maybe someone on social media has made a nasty comment and that's made them like lose their confidence or uh, or their um or um you know changing their mindset and things like that I can imagine that like outside influences can definitely make a a drastic change to how they're riding are I think that any puts themselves out on social media is brave because there are a lot of nasty people out there and a lot of comments come and I know a few kind of Instagrammers that have a lot of trolling and nasty comments and anytime they put a video of themselves up there's someone going well you can't ride or you're too fat for your horse or some really brutal comments Mm -hmm. so absolutely that's going to have an impact so we can't well, hopefully there's work, there's work being done to change those kind of things. But in the meantime, we need to put things in place to protect ourselves better, to, to not let our mindset get affected by those people. But that is work, that is training, that is conscious decisions. And, 
And I worked with one girl that was massively affected to the point she wasn't competing anymore because she said, every time I put a picture of my horse, they just comment all this and I'm just not going out. And it's like, how much control are we going to let a total stranger have on you? Mm. That, but that's a conversation to have. That's a kind of process to go through. That's why the coaching I do is valuable because actually having that conversation working, right, I want to be competing my horse. I don't want this to be impacting. What am I going to do? How am I going to control that? How am I going to focus my mind? What am I going to focus on? Every time my mind starts going, ooh, but you know, Joe Bloggs is going to make a comment. How am I going to shut that down and go, mm. this is what I'm going to do? Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of comments and, and ideas out there. And, and sometimes even just the font of knowledge out on the internet is overwhelming. You know, yeah. this person's telling me I have to do this with my horse and this person's going, oh no, you mustn't do that. How am I meant to even control that? And actually doing some work and just going, actually, this is my horse. I'm doing the best I can with him. I'm going to be informed, that's enough. And making again that decision to say, I'm going to educate myself. I'm not going to overwhelm myself or be too critical of myself quite often. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, with, with those, um, so if a climate client comes to you, is it a lot of just say one-to-one sessions in person or do you do a lot with the riding as well? Or do you do a bit of both depending on the person? So I run. Um, an eight week confidence course which is all online and a group thing Um, so that's the most popular kind of way I think confidence as well coming for one-to-one coaching is quite daunting for some people and I had some person come on my course um, last time and she said you know I've been following you for a year but it's only now that I've had the confidence to join the course which is it's a a vicious circle kind of putting Mm. yourself yeah quite often working in a group kind of an eight-week course we do it all online on zoom so you can do it you know from your from your bed on a monday night kind of thing makes it much more approachable um and then one-to-one stuff i tend to do again often through zoom it just opens up it's been the bonus of lockdown that a lot more people are are open to doing zoom and and facetimes and things um so it just means i can support more than just my local area Um, i was just gonna say it's widened your audience for you as well hasn't it um I think with lockdown, I mean, obviously it wasn't a great time for everyone, but I think it has allowed um, sole traders, freelancers, small businesses to thrive. I think, I mean, obviously I know some of them didn't, but with Zoom and everything, it just gave everyone more access to an an audience where if they just stayed locally, they wouldn't have been able to access. You don't, I think everyone had to get creative. I think that was the thing. And, you know, I couldn't go out to stables. I couldn't go out and do talks to people. So how am I going to access them? Um, And yeah, it has opened a different, a different market and a different outlet for people. And I've taught people from abroad. I've got a lady at the moment that's in Istanbul. So she logs on and it's about midnight, her time. (laughs) So she goes has a two hour nap and then joins us. Um, so yeah it absolutely I'd never have been able to have met someone like that and I think social media is so worldwide isn't it so so it's nice to be you know if you do connect someone and and they do think that your help would be useful that there isn't a limit based on oh it's a four-hour drive um and and a lot of the work I do you know I don't need to see you on your horse so I just need to talk to you and it is coaching the person um quite often and then once you sort of worked with someone 
it must be so nice to see the difference in their riding or, or, gen- or just their general feeling. But obviously, I guess the main reason they've come to you is, is because of riding. But um, it must be such a nice feeling to see the end result and, and seeing that confidence grow with their riding. It is massively overwhelming sometimes when I get a message, you know, with a picture going, I rode out with my daughter today and I haven't done that for six years and I never thought I'd do that again. Or, you know, a picture of someone out at a show going, I never thought for a minute we'd do this. Those are the moments that are incredibly special to me, for sure. That's so lovely. That is so nice. And um, I wanted, I'm interested to know, like, what happened. So what was your sort of career beforehand? Like, have you always been like a horsey person and you knew you wanted a career in horses or did it sort of change? Oh, I've gone through lots of things in my life. I didn't start riding until I was 12. Um, my family are horsey, you know, my, my dad was a jockey and my granddad was a racehorse trainer, so they were always horsey. But my mum, my mum said it was a bit like a drug to her. If she was going to do it, she'd have to do it seriously. <laughs> she yeah. never, and she never wanted to be that kind of pushy parent that made her child ride. So she kind of did the opposite and sent me to cooking lessons and, and ballet lessons and piano lessons to try and do different things. And I kept going, can I ride? Can I have a pony? Can I have a pony? And, um, and then my aunt started working with Monty Roberts and he came over and then that kind of side of things. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Can I hang out? And so, yeah, my aunt, I think, was the pushing factor on that. And then suddenly I was hooked straight away. Um, so I rode from from that age. But, but I was introduced to horses by Monty. So I wasn't kind of riding first. I was just learning about horses. And I think that was a really valuable start for me. Um, and then, yeah, I competed throughout school and university um, and competed to quite a serious level in working hunters and a bit of show jumping. Um, so I competed across the country and then suddenly lost my nerve and I'd studied sports psychology. So I kind of was like, I know this stuff. <laughs> like, mm. I have a sports psychology background. How can I put that across? And then it kind of just developed really naturally that, you know, sports psychology, I'm a mental health first aider. I like teaching you know but I've also got a theatre background so I've done quite a lot of performance so in the theatre world you talk about nerves all the time yeah you know if you train to be an actress you there are modules at university about nerves and dealing with them and performance so so that side of things has actually come come in useful as well from that point of view oh excellent so it has been a very varied life then for you which is brilliant because it, it, it all those aspects have sort of come to one place now where you you know can channel it to one particular place now which is amazing I think I think that's it I think sometimes you don't quite know where you fit or what what you're meant to do and it kind of very naturally progressed that you know I started writing about it and then it was like everything came together and I was like oh I've kind of got this idea maybe I could help one or two people and then it kind of became a course and then it's like this is working and I love this and this is really rewarding and this is actually a thing but but my aunt said herself you know her work when she was a kid it didn't exist and and YouTubers and stuff when they were kids there was no such thing as a YouTuber so sometimes, you know, our career paths are not quite so straightforward, but eventually they make sense and you make sense of, of what, what comes together. But I think my variety and my experience, mix experience is, is very valuable when you're coaching because 
yeah that experience is always going to come into your coaching work yeah absolutely and um um oh, I lost my train of thought I had a question right there <laughs> then it just it just lost my little it happens all the time I'm like you're talking to me and I'm like oh I must ask her about this and then it all goes completely out of sync oh god so annoying um but with your blog you said you started your blog so what made you start it and what was you talking about like at the beginning and has that now changed from how you started I started writing a blog because I was pregnant and couldn't ride and I was bored basically (laughs) I can't ride my horse and I've always loved writing and so I'll write about it and I started just writing I had no idea what I was going to write about I didn't know what it was going to be my events company is how very productions so I was like it's like how very horsey that's basically what I'm going to write that's how it came about So initially I just started to write about my kind of journey in horses and experiences I did. Um, I do a bit of judging. So I talk about outings I went to and I judged, talked about showing um, because that was kind of my background through the working hunters. And then, but people connected the most with the confidence stuff and, and that journey. And actually by writing it, that's kind of a really positive way to process things is to kind of write it down and explore it in that way. Um, so it does kind of develop from that point of view. So the blog has has certainly become more of a niche from that point of view. But I now interview other people as well on the blog. So I like to do interviews with people and talk about their confidence and, and their journeys. Um, so it's developed. But but the confidence and mindset seem to be where it where it went. Oh, and where do where do you do your blog? Do you have just like a website blog? Yeah, yeah, website blog back in the day that's what one did you know (laughs) um but obviously Instagram and Facebook alongside it um so much now is just Instagram and and Facebook and and little videos aren't they they're they're so great I've never got into the YouTube thing um I have a now six-year-old son that doesn't stop talking like (laughs) so YouTubing has never been a possibility because you just have child going mom 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 throughout the whole thing um so I said yeah I had kind of a young horse and a young child so that was never going to work so actually in the evenings I can write so that's what I'll do oh amazing and tell us more like do you still have your horse can you tell us more about it yeah so I've got my large creature Jack who is lovely he's nine this year so I've had him since he was a four-year-old um so I had him I just had a baby I've been in intensive care. I had postnatal depression. I was very, very low point in my life. And so I decided to buy a massive four-year-old horse because, you know, that's really sensible. Uh, so, yeah, he's been a very fundamental part of my journey that we've kind of evolved together. Um, but, yeah, I'm five foot two and he's 17 too. So wow. we're not really designed for each other. But, yeah, no, he's a very special, very handsome, handsome chap. Um, that I ride and then I still have my old old boy pie who's now 27 so he was my 15th birthday present and he's still he's still going um, and he's still with us as well so um so yeah they keep me entertained and challenged and can be great content you know <laughs> so <laughs> always good for content but I think what's actually really beneficial a lot of people have said to me they love the fact that I'm out there doing it because I think a lot of coaching when it's like, you know, hypothetically speaking, this is what I think you should do, but actually I've had nerves. I've had confidence issues. I'm out there competing. I'm doing things that 
I didn't think was possible. I'm, I'm pushing myself that level and I'm discussing it. And I think that's, that can be quite a valuable step for a coach that mm. I'm not just talking the talk or giving you hypotheticals. You know, I get it. I, I do absolutely get it. And I'm doing it with you kind of thing. Oh, and it just makes it so relatable because if, you know, I guess people think like, cause you're a coach, you've got it all together and you know exactly like you, you're always going to not have nerves because you're coaching people about it but it just makes you human and you know you are going to there's going to be times where you're going to get nervous and you're going to have to think of your own techniques that work for yeah. you and use yeah. them on yourself <laughs> absolutely I think confidence is not something you just have or like you know if I go on this course I'll have confidence now forever it goes up and down you're going to have better moments and, and, and lesser moments and and any time that you're doing something like horse riding, it's challenging. It, it mixes things up sometimes. And, you know, you're getting something right. And then some kind of thing appears that you're, you never expected. Or, you know, you're jumping at 90 and actually you want to push that meter. And, and how do you make that step? Mm. So, so, yeah, confidence is not something you just kind of have and it exists. It's going to go up and down. But the difference is doing the work, having the techniques in place, you know, a few weeks ago, I went to a show, I walked the course and I just went, I can't do this. I just went, I just can't. And then it's like, hold on, what am I going to do? These are the plans. I'm going to do my breathing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to focus on that. I'm just going to go and jump the first fence. That's what I'm going to focus on. So having that in place is what makes the difference. I'm not not nervous mm. and I will never call myself a brave rider. And I wouldn't want anyone I work with to be a brave rider, but a confident one you can be. You know, yeah. you can have, there are things that make things easier. Yeah. And then, um, like, with my my instructor, she's also a good friend of mine, so she knows me inside out, so she knows exactly what I'm thinking at every point, which is good <laughs> and bad, because she's like, I'm like, how do you know that? How do you know I was thinking that? <laughs> but she, she, she's just taught me that I'm always two steps ahead of myself so if we do you know in a lesson and we've just got say three jumps up I'm already thinking about the second one we haven't even done the first one yeah. just be in the moment just think about what's happening this second don't think about obviously you've got to think about it but don't like completely skip the first part because you need the first part to get to the second part and I'm like how do you know that how do you know I was just thinking <laughs> <laughs> we all need a psychic ally to be yeah. my mum does that she goes I know what you're doing don't don't go the lemons and we have like a code basically for various things no lemoning she goes and I was like oh yeah yeah I was yeah that's basically when I sit like a lemon and don't do anything and I freeze so she just shouts lemons across the arena um so yeah having a psychic sidekick is, is very beneficial for sure in those situations I always teach one fence at a time and I think it's such a valuable technique to use that you know when you're going in the ring let's just jump one fence because I can do that you know and, and that's relatable to any level. I remember when my confidence was rock bottom, even the idea of driving to the yard was like overwhelming and I'd be worried like all morning. And mm -hmm. it's like, well, let's just get in my riding gear. Let's just do that. And then let's just get in the car, you know? And it's, it's let's deal with what we have to right now. And suddenly you're doing more than you expected because our brains do naturally go ahead. They're designed to, you know, we are programmed to look for danger and look ahead and, and, and look what the rest of the day is, is gonna bring to us. Mm. But actually we can control that. Our mind is actually ours. So we can say, yes, I have got eight fences to jump. Let's just do this one. That's all yeah. I'm gonna, and 
conscious process initially you've got to call yourself on it um it's also people that like don't breathe that's quite a common common issue yeah. when you're kind of stop breathing so have a marker in the school you know every time I trot past C I'm going to breathe out when I compete I'll walk the course and I'll put breathing markers in because I know that's something I tend to do so I'm like one two three four five six yeah if I don't breathe then I get that shortness of breath and then it feels like nerves when it's not yeah so there are definitely things you can put in place if you know what your tendencies are um, to do that that's a good idea that is a good idea I might, I might have to nick that technique that was a good one you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> thank you um and with your courses and your one-to-ones like do you uh run your courses like in an eight-week block and then you have like a new intake or um and then with your one-to-ones do you kind of just fit them in with your eight-week courses yeah so uh, eight weeks runs yeah basically every eight weeks so I'm on week seven now I think the next one's the 8th of May kicks off um, so they kind of run in blocks throughout the year. Um, but one-to-ones are as and when. I have some people that do it in their lunch break, some people are early morning people, some people are evening people. Um, so I fit slots in. Some people come on the course and then have the odd one-to-one. I have other people just come to one-to-ones for a few weeks and that's all they need. Um, the course isn't quite right for them. So I think the eight-week course is great if you're just generally struggling with confidence. But if it's like you've had a fall and just want to process that, or you're competing and want to really focus on how to control your nerves better, that kind of needs a more of a one-to-one approach. Um, so it does depend on the person. Um, okay. And how you learn, I think. Some people love a group setting and other people actually, yeah, it doesn't suit them. So. Yeah, okay. And um, I just wanted to sort of open this um, part of the episode as a, like an open space for you to like, talk about anything you want or if you want to promote anything or if you want to cover something that we haven't covered on the podcast so far I feel like we've talked about loads but if there's something in particular that you want to sort of cover or talk about then this is like your open space to talk about whatever you like well the big thing I'm actually writing about at the moment is authenticity I was writing an article about it for horse and rider the other day and I think that's the thing we all have to remember and I think so many people on social media we try and be like them we try and dress like them we think that Mary King has never been nervous in her life and has it all together you know authenticity is what's so important and they're the people I massively love on social media is the ones that go oh what a day I've had today it's been a disaster and also these are really good days so I think anyone out there that's thinking I'm the only person in the world that is scared to ride my horse or I mean, you know, my horse is too good for me. Anyone else would do a better job. Trust me, you're not. We're all authentic beings. And sometimes we, as humans, see the best in everyone else and the worst in ourselves. Yeah. It's a really, there are people out there. There are ways to connect. And that's what I would love to encourage people from to go. It's actually all right to sound nervous. When I started writing about confidence, I actually had people emailing me say you do realize this is going to affect your competitive career doing this like you shouldn't be doing that because people wouldn't I don't tend to ride for other people but if I wanted to they're going to know that and not want you to your competitors are going to know that you're nervous they're going to play on that like all of this and I thought you know that's not not even vaguely something that I had considered 
And actually it was the opposite. By being authentic and going, this is the deal. I went to a show and someone I'd never met before went, oh, you're doing amazing, great job. You know, if you want to stand next to me in the ring, you're very welcome to. And it's like, this is what sometimes we're so scared of just being authentic and genuine. It's like, that's how you find your people by being yeah. way. You find your tribe, you find the people that, that understand you and, you know, stand up and proudly say, I'm a total misfit and I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's, <laughs> that's amazing. And it, it's so, so true. And is there like ever a point where sometimes the partnership between the rider and the horse just doesn't work like you could try and try and try and sometimes it you just don't have that relationship or you just don't have that connection or something like that sometimes it's very rare but like sometimes yeah some yeah. rider and horse just don't click I've been so I've been coaching for two and a half years now and there's been two that on the first week of the eight-week course I wanted to say you've got the wrong horse like straight out you could see it um I think horses we have to remember I think I wrote a blog a little while ago saying horses we don't marry them you know you can change your mind you can rethink I think there are partnerships that need work and I think if that's the journey you want to go on and you understand that you know this is going to challenge me and this is going to test me but this is what I want then that's fine that's one decision but it's also okay to go I just want a horse I enjoy and this one scares me Mm. this isn't going to work me because truthfully I've had a horse that I did not get on with and he scared me and I didn't understand him and I really struggled and somebody loved him and having such a nice life with him and it's like if I'd have kept him because I'm stubborn and proud and you know Mm. I'm going to do this work and I'm going to work out how to do this he and the other person would have missed out on what is a beautiful partnership so it's a conversation to have it is conversations I do have with people um, you know, quite often I spend a one hour coaching call talking about exactly that, you know, is my horse right for me? And, and it's, it's, it's sensible and intelligent to step back and look at that. Is this the horse I want? Is this the journey you want to go on to? Are my strengths, strengths there? You know, is this horse gonna, gonna fit in with what I want? And you can be five foot two and have a 17 two horse and be very happy. Um, but also, you know, I've got the right people around me. I've got the right setup. You know, if you've just got a field that you want to have a horse in, don't buy an X-ray horse. You know, there's like yeah. fundamental decisions like that. If you're older, having a really sharp thoroughbred, is that the right shout for you right now? those are the kind of questions to kind of be sensible it is very expensive way to be miserable that's what my granny always told me and it's yeah. so <laughs> it's so true and finding another one is not the end of the world I think also people think they might have failed they might be seen as a failure if they've um you know not saying it's absolutely seen as like I can't handle this or I'm giving up on this horse yeah it's not that you know marriages don't work sometimes and that's okay you know I think that is something to kind of accept that you've passed them on to someone that's going to be happy with them that's cool let's that's mindset let's look at it that way let's find the positive in this and see it as a step forward and and it's a journey and it's not always as straightforward as we anticipate yeah but it's okay 
but it's okay and, in, and you shouldn't be judged for that although you know with social media the world that we live in there probably would be the odd one person who ruin it for you but you just have to remember that you're making the right decision for you for your mindset and your horse's mindset if it comes to that stage and then the right one will come along yeah absolutely and everyone's going to judge people are always going to have comments whatever you do if you kept the horse they would go you can't handle him if you sell the horse they're going to go oh look you've given up you can't someone's gonna someone will find something nasty to say about literally anything I think I saw a post the other day and it was this really nice thing of a, a person with a child on their lap going down the slide just going you know having such a lovely Easter holiday and someone went on going you shouldn't put your child in your lap because you could break the child's legs if that and you know it's like oh my god like there's always something somebody will always find it so yeah. are we let's just do you and and the, the close people around you focus on them and what they have to say and if they're backing you which they will be that's what's important absolutely absolutely well I always um round off each episode with some quick fire questions so generally are you a night in or a night out person night in literally everyone I'm speaking to is a night in now <laughs> We're horse people. We don't, we don't have time to go out basking. No one like, goes out now. We have to get up early to feed. <laughs> exactly. And can't deal with a hangover now either. It takes too long to recover. True. True. Um, tea or coffee? Neither. I'm a weirdo. Oh. No, I'll have a hot chocolate, but no, neither. And what's your drink of choice then? Water? Are you good with water? I'm not very good at fluids. No, I'll have a hot chocolate if I'm cold and tired and need a bit of a sugar rush. But no, I'm not. I'm not tea or coffee. I'm afraid. Oh, uh, wellies or heels? Oh, but it's here both. I literally love my wellies, and I, somebody said to me once that I either look like a homeless person or Kate Middleton, which <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I'm totally embracing that. So I'm either in wellies or really killer heels. There's no like in between with me. I love how you've done that comparison and I can't imagine you do look like a homeless person. Sweet or savoury? Sweet, always. Massive sugar addict. Um, I think everyone is. I think everyone needs that piece of chocolate or biscuit in the afternoon. <laughs> um, book or film? Again, both. I'm quite a book fan. I like to kind of hide away with a good book and you can imagine things nicely and my child is just at a lovely age now where I can start to read bigger ch- I'm introducing him to Harry Potter yeah. like, <laughs> I'm loving this we do a chapter and I'm like stay awake we need to finish this last bit <laughs> are there any sort of like books you would recommend like any mindset books or anything that you've seen so Charles Unwin is amazing he's just released a book um, and Ant Middleton, who is SAS Who Dares Wins. Yeah, um, yeah. He's great ones. The Fear Bubble is very good. Um, I've just bought another one of his that I've just started. Um, they're both great, great people to read. Oh, good. Might have to check those ones out. And then um, where can people find you, Daisy? Like your social media, your website, your blogs, everything. Can you just tell us where we can find you? Yeah, so how very horsey.co.uk is the website. And the same Facebook and Instagram, how very horsey. Um, all one word on Instagram I think um, yeah that's me oh nice and easy well 
thank you so much Daisy for coming on I really appreciate like I really love this chat really insightful um and thank you so much for your time I do appreciate it you're welcome um, and as always guys if you love this episode which I'm sure you will please tag Daisy and I on like Instagram or Facebook to know that you're listening and I will speak to you all on the next episode for listening to this episode i really hope you enjoyed it as i did making it if you um like to follow me on socials my um instagram is cobs equine services and the same on facebook cobs equine services um if you are listening to this on your um, apple or spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast i really appreciate it if you could leave me a review as it gets um other people to highlight the um episodes to other people And I will speak to you all on the next episode.